is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Canucks Weekly Podcast. My name is Dylan Kayser. I'm joined by my good pal, Jack Friedman. Jack, how you doing today, buddy? Dylan, it's been too long since we've done one of these. Let's uh, let's have at her. Yeah, man, it's, it's your first podcast, too, I, m- I might say. So, I mean, like, well, welcome to the podcasting world. Oh, the I'm Canucks excited. podcasting world, which can be a, a frightening, frightening place. Oh, well, man, I'm looking <laughs> forward to We've got plans. We have plans in the works. We have big plans. And uh, big shout out, by the way, before we get into this, Eden already coming in with the comments saying, hey, stoked for the season. Hey, we're stoked that you're jumping on this podcast with us. Uh, we will be going live every single Wednesday at six o'clock Pacific time. So make sure you jump on our YouTube channel, comment in the live stream. And uh, let's talk some Canucks. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, obviously, you know, our first episode, we have some of the off season to recap. There's some recent news that came down the pipeline today. That's actually pretty nuts. So uh, that might kind of be the meat uh, of the episode today, talking about the Aquilini allegations. Um, but first, before we get into that, let's give a shout out to our Twitter handles where you can follow the show and follow us, the hosts. Uh as you can see on the screen right here, you can follow myself at DYL underscore Kazer. Uh, Jack, where can the fans find you? At DJC Friedman. Send me some questions. Uh, I'm happy to talk anytime. We need to get Jack some followers. Jack's, Jack's a newbie to Twitter. I think he's yeah. got a solid four, four or five followers. Let's get that to four or 500 by the time, I don't know, the new year's over. And let's just talk about hockey. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing, Jack. You got to understand. And again, Jack's new to Canucks Twitter. Canucks Twitter is a whole nother animal. All and, right. you know, fans around the league know that Canucks Twitter is, 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 can be toxic at times, I hot guess. Hot takes, hot, hot takes. Sure. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's call it that. It's, uh, it's right. pretty crazy. Uh, Eden is joining us at nine uh, Eastern time. I think Eden is actually in Toronto in uh, enemy territory. So we, uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Well, I'd say we're allies against the American teams at this point. Are you sure? Are you sure? I, actually, you you never really had a hate on for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, man, here's the thing: is like, yeah, it's a little annoying how the national broadcasts are Toronto focused, and all the questions are about Toronto and Austin Matthews this and all like all that. Yeah, I get it; it's annoying, but it's been 30 years since we had a cup in Canada, and we're due. So at this point, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, we we really do need a cup in Canada, but I'm hoping that uh, you know. The Canucks are only a few years away from that, but um, I don't know. Well, all in the last the 40 years would say differently. Oh. Um, all right, let's let's quickly talk about, let's do a quick rundown of the show today. Like I said, you know, we're going to talk about the Aquilini allegations that came down in the news today. We're going to touch on the Willie Mitchell and Jake Vertanen situation a little bit too, kind of wrap it all together. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the offseason, you know, the Miller contract, what we thought about that one. Um, the UFA signings that the Canucks brought in um, and, you know, some uh, speculation around the Horvat contract, because that's a big one going into next season. Um, and then a quick preview of the Seattle Kraken game tomorrow, the first preseason game for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so let's get right into it, Jack Aquilini. I mean, the news came down today, allegations saying that, you know, allegations of child abuse uh, with his three children who are now adults um you know asking for uh he's been paying child support but now they're demanding that he pays i guess university tuition and a, you know a 48 I'm, I'm quoting a tweet from a burner account apparently he's buying a forty-eight thousand dollar computer for 
his kid and he doesn't know where the kid's going to school. It, it's a, just a crazy, messy situation. Oh, right it's, now. it's crazy, man. I, I, what I read on that is that they've deliberately redacted the schools and changed information so that he doesn't know where they are and can't contact them. I read a very strong statement from his oldest, no idea how old she is, but his oldest daughter saying, basically, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You abused us. See yeah. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with that, whether there's going to be any sort of, you know, court proceedings or things like that. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of money on the line with, uh, with somebody high profile like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll follow the story closely, but I, you know, I'm not going to speculate on it. I don't know what Francisco Aclamini's life was like. He's some rich, crazy oligarch type person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly yeah who knows what's going on with that guy yeah it's uh it's a messy one and you know i, I mentioned earlier that we were going to talk quickly about willie mitchell and jake Vertanen. yeah you know the reason i want to bring them up is guilty or not i guess at the end of the day pr wise for the vancouver canucks this just does not look good oh, it does I, not man, look good imagine coming in like imagine you know they signed a few new players and some guys are starting off on new contracts and this is how you have to start your season like we haven't even played any real games yet it was those split squad games or whatever it was the, the team hasn't gotten together they haven't been able to build any camaraderie and this is what they have to start with so yeah it's a rough start for the canucks overall like we're gonna see how they handle it like well you know bruce is gonna gonna have to rein things in well you know there's so much excitement going into this regular season too i mean first full season with this new regime you know no more jim benning at the helm we got a new you know front office good for this vancouver canucks team yeah good riddance absolutely um you know, you know, thoughts of maybe making the playoffs this year for this Canucks team. I mean, that's not too far fetched. So there's a lot of excitement coming into this season, but I feel like all these stories have just kind of, I don't know, deflated the fan base slightly. It, it has, you know, like you want to be super excited, gung ho for the team going into the season, but with stuff like this in the air, you know, you got to like, you know, there's real world things going on. So, you know, yeah. I'd rather, you know, just think about the young players and the new guys we bring in and, and how, you know, it's Bruce's second season starting off. We'll see how that goes and much more, more, uh, you know, enjoyable topics to think about, but you know, you have to address these things right off the bat, especially since it's right at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And one last thing I want to talk about this whole situation and just, I, I don't know, it adds to the, the weirdness, I guess, of this whole situation is this burner account. All right. Oh, this, this burner account that's been going around that people think is Francesco Aquilini or some people have even said maybe it's a girlfriend of Francesco that's going in to bat. And you know what? It sort of reads that way. I, I would buy that. It, it kind of does. And what's the name again? Brooke Ellis, I think, was the was the name. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, Brooke Ellis was the name. It, it's in the thumbnail of this video, I should know. Uh, that account has since been deleted. Interesting. Of course, of course. Also, at the time, that account had two followers. One of the followers was... El Francesco Aquilini. So I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not saying it was him. I'm not saying it was anyone connected with him. Again, Canucks Twitter is absolutely bonkers. It would not surprise me if it was just some nutcase fan. But still, it just adds another layer to this odd story. It is It is so bizarre. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like, if Francesco 
paid someone to do this or if there's somebody who's just crazy enough to love him like this like yeah no it wouldn't surprise me a bit it's just how specific some of the messages were oh yeah like 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 as if they know you know like how would you know this stuff i know like that like i like i said before like i quoted you know buying a forty-eight thousand dollar computer for the son where they don't even know where he goes to university where did you even get that figure from you know what i mean it's just everything about it like you'd have to have some inside knowledge so yeah who is this person how do they know this is it francesco playing a game with us i mean yeah i know it like i said it doesn't read that way like the messages read as if it is like a girlfriend and here's the thing too i mean talk about self-sabotage and i mean francesco knows social media francesco knows canucks twitter he knows that yeah exactly he knows that if he went on with the burner account it's people are going to find it Oh, it's, it's embarrassing. It's just, it's just another thing the Canucks have to deal with now. And it's just, uh, man, I would, uh, I would hope that this gets figured out and, um, you know, we get to the bottom of it. The truth, the truth must come out as they say. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. One last thing on this whole topic, folks, follow us on Twitter at Canucks weekly pod. That's where we have a poll question going right now, Jack. I don't even know if you saw this poll question. Uh, that I posted earlier. It's who is Brooke Ellis? That is the poll question. That is a good question. So the options are Francesco, uh, Ian McIntyre is one of the options. Tony G, Tony Gallagher, the old the old fart Tony G. Is he uh, maybe Brooke Ellis and uh, Finn, the mascot of the Vancouver Canucks? Um, <laughs> 62% say Francesco, 15% say Ian McIntyre, uh, 15% say Finn. And only 6% uh, say Tony Gallagher. So there you go. Lots of people thinking it actually is Francesco. Man, he and needs, not Tony Gallagher. He needs some training in, in how to, uh, you know, sound like a different person or something then. Yeah, he really does. And I mean, he, he came out swinging when he was asked about this whole thing too. He's said so he categorically uh, denied all of this. And, you know, he's, I don't know. He's, he's not holding back. He's not holding back. It's his girlfriend. Yeah, it's got to be. All right, let's let's yeah. move on from that. You know, again, the Willie Mitchell situation. The, I don't even want to touch that one until we hear more. Yeah, nothing nothing concrete has come out as far as I've heard. It's been Twitter rumors upon Twitter rumors about Twitter rumors. So yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about the off season. I mean, it was a pretty interesting off season for the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, the big story from last season basically from the trade deadline or even yep. a couple months before going into this off season was the JT Miller contract. Mm-hmm. Were the Vancouver Canucks going to sign him? Were, were they going to trade him? I thought they might trade him at one point. I, I thought they honest. were going to trade him. Basically everybody, everybody I've talked to, there's, there's two, there's a consensus on everything about this. As far as I can tell is that everybody agrees that they were going to trade him. And then also everybody agrees that they like the side. So it's a very strange situation. Usually when everyone agrees that the player is going to get traded, they're like, oh, like they wouldn't be stoked on him being signed. But man, I think eight mil, like I've lost track of exactly where the cap is. What is it? Like 82, 83, something like that. Uh, What is the cap here? I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Keep going. Whatever it is, the cap is projected to go up. I don't know how much, but it's projected to go up an eight mil deal. It just it just looks good to me. And uh, yeah, he's going to be old at the end of that contract. But if you think about it, the cap's going up also. So I, I just I like the signing. He's going to play on the first line. 
you know, towards the end of the contract, maybe play on the second line. I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't know. It looks good to me. No, I'm all right with it. And, you know, Eden, I want to know, do you like the contract? You said you're shocked that they signed him for seven years, but do you like the contract? I mean, some people were speculating that, you know, he could be asking for nine, $10 million. And to be honest with you, Looking at the numbers he put up, he probably could have asked for, you know, a, a few more dollars. That's but what they just, were saying he would have gotten anywhere else. I think he yeah. took a discount to stay in Vancouver. That's that's what the consensus is. Well, and also you got to consider this, and this is a big question. And, uh, you, you know, there's some other teams that are dealing with this right now. Look at the Arizona Coyotes and Jacob Chikrin. You know, they're asking for a lot in a trade for that player is the market allowing for it? You know, well, did the Vancouver Canucks get an offer even close to what they were looking for? Man, I, here, I'm not sure. The, the thing for me is that this just goes to the philosophy that you have about how to build a team. And in, in my opinion, I would go with the way the St. Louis Blues have done it in the last few years is like not investing hugely in a massive superstar, but like spreading it throughout your roster, making sure you have solid goalies, solid defense, solid forwards, and putting everything together that way, as opposed to what I would call like the Pittsburgh model with, you know, Crosby, Malkin, and then whatever they can get after that. So for me, I I would rather see uh, guys who are going to take discounts, stay in Vancouver and maybe produce a little less, but you have more of those guys, like sort of like the money ball thing. I don't know. You've seen money ball, right? Yeah. I, I, I really believe in that. Like, I think that that works for hockey too. I, I don't, I think the era of the superstar is over. And I think that's been proven uh, in the last few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. If your superstars are asking for way too much money, it doesn't work in this, in this salary cap system, but, but look at the Colorado avalanche. I well, know that's, they just they're signed, the exception, right? Ex- well, I know exactly. And I know they just signed McKinnon to that big extension, I, but at I the don't time like the deal, I don't like was, the deal. He was only getting paid what six, seven million when he won the cup, which is insane. But I, I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts, and they made the point that um, God, I lost where I was going to go go with that. Uh, the call, yeah, they're they're making the point that people are uh, signing these big contracts based on what they've done in the past, mm-hmm. and that more and more in the present. Uh, we're signing contracts based on what you've done for me today and what you're doing for me now. And I, I sort of like that sort of contract more than paying for what you've done in the past. I feel like McKinnon's contract is inflated because of what he's done in the past. Fair enough. But it, it's more money than what he's currently doing. And yeah, he did a lot last year to win the cup. But I, I still think it's a lot of money to sink in for one guy. It's just my opinion on that. No, it is. It is a lot of money. And you know, these guys are human and injury could happen and that could, you know, turn Nathan McKinnon from a hundred point player into a solid 70, 80 point player. Now, would you like to have that on your team? Absolutely. Would you like to have that on your team at 13 mil? Probably not because at that point you could get two 70 point guys for the same total cap hit. You know, you can get two guys for around seven mil. They're going to put up 60, 70 points for you. And I think that kind of goes with what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's totally my point. Like, I, I just feel like it's better for you to have two guys that get you 140 points than one guy who gets you 90. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't disagree with that. I won't disagree with that. And by the way, um, Elliot Friedman posted this, I think it was two days ago. Uh, you know, he has some inside knowledge on where the salary cap is going for the NHL. So right now, the salary cap is at 81.5. Uh, and this is projected nothing set in stone uh next year it's projected to go to 82.5 
2024, it's going to 83.5. In 2025, it's going to 88. And then in 2026, it's going to approximately $92 million. So an extra $10 million or 11 is being added to the cap. Think about this in terms of percentages. We're sinking 10% of our budget into JT Miller. Yes. So, but, but it's an eight year deal. And you just said in five years, it's going up to 90, Yeah. which means that percentage is now going down, which exactly. is like, what's the percentage? It would be like, what, like six, seven, eight percent, something like that. Hashtag whatever math, it is. I don't know. I'm not good at math. I, I deliberately <laughs> didn't. I don't like math. I mean, I do like math, but math is a different qu- conversation. In any case, that's another podcast, folks. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. It's like I, I feel like the between five and ten percent of our budget that we're spending on JT Miller is well worth it. Do you think that he's worth fifteen percent of the budget? I would say no. No, no, he's not. Exactly. But then that's the thing is that um, what is it? Uh, Nathan McKinnon he's being spent like what was it 14 million uh what is it here let me look it up i'll look it up again. we didn't talk about this prior to the no, we brought up a lot of topics that we did not have in our outline but that's fine that's that's what we like <laughs> uh nathan mckinnon contract uh seven years why is this not coming up It's so a it's huge contract. Year, so, like, yeah. if you think in terms of percentages, like, I'm going to say that he they're spending, like, 15... 12 po- it's 12.6. Okay, so that's 15% of the budget. Yes. That is yeah. a huge amount of your budget for one player. I don't care how good you are. Yeah, I, no, I, it's true. Like, it's risky. It, it really is risky because you think about this, too. Like I mentioned, injuries happen, and I mean... Come on, we're all, we're all Vancouver Canucks fans here. We know injuries happen. Yeah. So you go into the playoffs and this guy that you've hedged 15, 16% of your, your salary cap to, he gets injured. He goes down. Now, what are your chances moving forward in the playoffs? You know, your whole season could be just done because you've basically relied on one or two guys. Mm-hmm. And again, they're human. One of them gets injured, especially in the playoffs when yep. things are a lot more physical. And then what do you do? And and that's just the cherry on top, right? So so how much would you pay for a 30 goal scorer? Just a straight up 30 goal scorer maybe gets 20 assists. So 50 point guy. I mean, I guess that's kind of the camp that Brock Besser's in. So I guess you're looking at six, seven mil. Six, seven mil, right? So yeah. you can get two of those guys for the price of one and like a like you could get even two and a half of those guys for the price of a Nathan McKinnon. Well, you can get, yeah, you can get two of those guys and then you could have, you know, you can pay a little bit more to your third line center, for instance, because you have the budget to have a better third line center. And, and, and here's the thing there is that you can trust Nathan McKinnon to get a hundred points. Like, let's say. Yeah. So you've got two guys who are going to get 50 points each. If Nathan McKinnon gets injured, you're out a hundred points. That's the if point. I was one trying of to make. those yeah. 50 guys, one of those two 50 point guys out, you've still got 50 points. So it seems like a better bet to me. No, I agree. I agree. So I guess bring it back to this, the actual JT Miller contract. Yeah. I it do, looks good. It looks good. It looks good. And the thing with this contract is it's not one of those contracts that when it's signed, you know, this, this contract cannot be moved. Eric Carlson, that contract is signed. That contract cannot be moved. Yeah. This contract though, JT Miller keeps putting up 80, 90 points. If the Canucks really feel like they want to move on and get some younger assets, they can still do that two oh, years yeah. down the road. 
he's got value and it's a nice car. I mean, man, eight mil looks good to other teams, man. They were going to pay him more. And honestly, yeah. like, and that also segues to the next thing too, is um, I saw the comment there. I do want them to sign Bo Horvat as well. How much do you think Horvat's worth? Probably as much as Miller. I mean, I don't know if I'd put him quite on the level of Miller, though. If you just look at... He's the captain. Like, you're going to have to give him 6-7 mil, you know? Sure. Okay, sure. If we're talking about 6-7 mil, absolutely. Yeah. If Bo Horvat touched 8 million, I would cringe a little bit at that. Because I, while I think he's a great player, at the end of the day, he is probably a 65-point, no, 70-point guy. I agree. No, I'm, I'm there with you. Like, 6-7 mil, I think, would be fair. I would hope he would take the 6 yeah right i i mean he seems i don't know it, it doesn't seem like he would get that much on the open market maybe six million on the open market it's not going to be yeah a significant raise over what the canucks can probably offer him and again he's been with the canucks his whole career i mean he's that the captain he is the captain exactly and um, i could see him being captain his whole career i don't see a reason why they'd move him he's like a dustin yeah. brown better than dustin brown sort of guy uh, and yeah exactly and let's be honest like he's gone through the rough patches the dark patches of this vancouver canucks team the last well, six seven years now that things yeah. are starting to turn around and there's some potential here i don't think that's the time when bo horvat's gonna leave i really don't well man they wouldn't have made him captain if he was that kind of person like he seems exactly. definitely like the kind of guy who's gonna stick it out even through the rough stuff and he's already done that and and things are looking up right We've got Bruce. We've got uh, Alvin. Alvin. I don't know how to say his name. Patrick Alvin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got him in, and it's man. I've liked the move so far. I like the signings. I, I mean, I, I guess that segues to the next thing too is the other signings. So yeah, let's know. talk about uh, Ilya Mikheyev. I really, I really like this player. Like when when the contract was signed, a lot of people were kind of questioning the dollar amount, questioning the term, and I understand that. Maybe it's a little bit rich. But if you look at the numbers that this guy's putting up, you know, 32 points in 53 games. What I'm really looking at is the 21 goals in 53 games last season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. If this guy can produce 21 goals and maybe up his assists a little, we know we got a 50-point player at 4.75 mil. That's a pretty damn good contract. That's a really good well, contract, I mean, actually. I mean, this this would be exactly the kind of guy that I'm talking about, right? Like, you could sign this guy and another guy just like him, and if you can turn him into a 30-goal scorer, 50-point guy, damn, like, that's what we need. So maybe Patrick Alvin is uh, two steps ahead of me. I hope he is. I, I would hope so, too. I would hope so, too. But, yeah, I mean, 21 goals in 53 games, I know – you know, he was on that Toronto Maple Leafs team that put up a lot of offense, but still it's it's not easy to put up those numbers in I mean, only 53 games. There's a lot of goal scorers on that Toronto team, right? So the fact that he's one of the ones getting the goals and not the assists necessarily, probably a good sign. No, absolutely. And I, I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. I mean, uh, I'm more than happy with the contract. And, and again, at the end of the day, it's about risk management. Sure, it's a little bit pricey, but... You know, if Mikheyev kind of falls off after two years, we kind of see that this experiment didn't work. You can hopefully move off the contract or you could at least buy him out and it, mm -hmm. it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You know, you look at the Minnesota Wild with, you know, Parise and Suter. They're paying like, I think, eight mil in buyouts this season just for those two guys. That's Dude. not something that's going to happen with these kind of signings. Pay, paying players to sit on the bench or paying players to play against you, I, I don't like it. it it's not it's not good, good management. It means you screwed up somewhere. 
or or the league has just kind of fucked you over like they did with Luongo and the Canucks. But that's oh, that's for yeah. another day. That's, that's for off our day. books, right? That ended in 2021, didn't it? Yeah, I think that ended last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, but man, I remember being like the 2020s was like far off in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know. Oh, that was painful. So yeah, I'm glad that's over with. But yeah, like the cap recapture thing is just is so, so painful. Awful. Oh, what's, uh, uh, what's Eden saying here? Eden is saying McCabe is great in the penalty kill. Yes, that is one thing that I love about this goals. guy. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I can, I'm in for shorthanded goals. Everybody Absolutely. likes shorthanded goals. Yeah, a guy that can put up, you know, 40, 50 points and can play on the penalty kill. Man, you, you give him 4.7 mil all day. I I, I love the contract. Um, man, Andre if, he, Kuz- if he puts up 20 goals, I'll, I'll take the 4.75. No, exactly. Exactly. Andre Kuzmenko, um, you know, another addition to the Vancouver Canucks. Last season in the KHL, put up 53 points in 45 games, uh, 20 goals, um, you know, playing for Petersburg SKA. I mean, he's had a solid KHL career. Can that translate into the NHL? I mean, only time will tell. It hasn't worked out for all players that put up a lot of points in the K and came over to the NHL. But I like what I've seen from the guy. Um, He seems to fit in quite well. Uh, with a few of the players on the on the Canucks roster. So, again, I don't know what to expect out of this player, but if he can put up 15 to 20 goals, let's say 30 to 40 points, it's a solid pickup. It's a worthwhile spot on the roster. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. I mean, I saw one funny uh, Reddit post too. Uh, somebody was asking Pedersen, since apparently Mikheyev and, uh, and Kuzmenko are going to be playing with Pedersen, they asked him, do you speak any Russian? And he said, only the swear words. <laughs> so it. we'll see how Love that it. goes uh it would be interesting to see if they're playing with Pedersen you know we'll see if uh Pedersen picks up his game a bit you know it was a bit of a slow season but obviously better after after Bruce came in but uh for for Pedersen it was certainly rough in my opinion it was not his best season no I mean um, the first half was was brutal let's be honest it oh, was, it was, it was terrible he, man yeah. he was giving away the puck he was trying to deke through the whole team and yeah oh, that's that's one point I was going to bring up oh you know when Pedersen is not playing well, when he decides, okay, I'm going to fix this by deking out all five players, the coach, the ref, and the goalie. Like, it just doesn't work. And it then never he screws up on the first move. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can no. see he's thinking five moves ahead, but he can't yeah. make it move one. No, I yeah. mean, Elias Pedersen, amazing player, one of my favorite Canucks. Just got to say that right off the yeah. bat. No, exactly. Like, we're ragging on him because we want to see him succeed, right? It's just because he's that damn good at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, you see what he's trying to do, and you're just like, man, if you could just make a pass. <laughs> exactly. We'd be in there. Right. And, you know, I think as the Canucks team gets a little bit better, you know, he has some talent around him. He's going to dish the puck a little bit more. I I feel like sometimes a player like him, he feels like he's better off doing it by himself than passing it off to his line mates. But now that you got line mates like Kuzmenko, Mikheyev that have proven, you know, they can handle the puck. They can put the puck in the back of the net. I I would hope that you see some more playmaking out of him. Yeah, no, honestly, it's going to be interesting to see. And, And to be like, I don't mean to bring up the whole heavy political thing with with russia but i've heard some rumors that uh some other teams are like planning on not going to europe for the international games because of russian players and all this so right. I, I basically what i'm saying is i'm just hoping that uh with these new russians uh coming into the team it doesn't cause a whole lot of disruption and everything just goes smoothly for them for the team uh, it, i've just heard worrisome things especially i think it was the sharks that were, were having some trouble and it's just something that honestly you kind of have to think about with with bringing new players in 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky situation. I mean, there's yeah, and you know the the American government is you know basically pleading to all the North American players that are playing the K to get the hell out of there. Yeah, um, and I, I just hope everything gets finished with as soon as possible and everybody gets out alive. You know, it's it's all very very difficult to watch. Uh, Mr. Roy, what's up? Thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining the, the live chat, buddy. Um. Curtis Lazar was another signing. We won't yeah. go too much into this one. You know, a, a depth signing, a guy that's, you know, more of a veteran presence, I guess, at this point. Kind of weird to say about Curtis Lazar. I feel yeah, like you know, still... you remember him from back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, he was a former first-round pick, was he not? I'm going to look this up quickly. Yeah, first round, 17th overall, 2013. There we go. Um, yeah, he put up 16 points in seven yeah, games. Yeah, you know what? I remember them talking about him specifically being like, oh, this this might be the guy that finally makes at Ottawa good. Yeesh. <laughs> what he broke in the league in 2014 so yeah he's 27 years old i guess you can call him a vet at this point i, I like it you know he's gonna play on the fourth line probably maybe some penalty kill minutes um cheap signing of course but i think at this point you know the vancouver canucks like it's not like making the playoffs would be nice no it's like this team has to make the playoffs so i think rather than you know having AHL caliber guys filling out your roster in the fourth line spots. You want guys with a bit more veteran presence like Curtis Lazar. And I think that's why they signed him. I, I think it was a yeah. good signing. Is he going to impact the roster that much? Probably not, but you need depth. Things like, I, I don't think this season's a make or break season necessarily for the Canucks. Like, I don't think everybody's getting fired if they don't make the playoffs. Cause no. I think they're going to give it their all, but uh, yeah, that's, I think this is the kind of player that we need. You know, we need some grit on the fourth line. Um, you know, if you look back at the the classic teams, 2011, right? You had those rough and tumble players. You had the the um, Maxim Lapierre and people like that, and uh, yep. and uh, Rafi Torres. Remember that? <laughs> Absolutely. So, How could you forget? You know, those guys were universally hated by the entire league. We only liked them because they were on our team. So yeah, and but Alex Burroughs is another That's, example. It's like you need those players to win the cups. So. Yeah, if Curtis Lazar can bring anything to the fourth line, then then we'll be happy to have him. You know what I mean? Like I, I just find that the Canucks teams in the last and you know what I was I was uh, reading something too. The last ten years, statistically speaking, have been the worst ten years in Canucks history, and and I feel like it's because we've lost some of that grit. It, 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 these teams have been soft. There's no other way to put it. Uh, the teams have been soft. Yeah, I I agree, and you know that's. That's also what happens when you don't draft strong. You you have to be strong in the drafts because that affects your team five, six years down the road. And the Canucks have not drafted well. They Man, just haven't. Think about, for example, when Pedersen was a rookie and he got run over. Did no our team, team exactly like was there any was there should have been a line brawl? There was no line brawl. And and it's funny too because that's kind of the time when the Canucks were handing out these stupid contracts to like Jay Beagle and Anton yeah. Roussel, saying you know we're giving these guys the money because they we don't, didn't do anything. They didn't do anything because they can't keep up with the play. I mean, yeah. sure you can like get in a scrum after the whistle, but Jay Beagle is like ten steps behind everybody. Yeah, no that that was that was a painful era for sure. No, I like I'm not ex advocating for violence necessarily, right? No, it's, it's just that like you need guys who are going to make it hard for the other team to mess with your good players you you like it's not that you need to be an enforcer trying to fight guys trying to throw things that's not it it's more like Being hit hard to yeah. and protect your guys 
You know, like if you're going to hit our goalie, we're coming after you. You know, we're not going to let you stand in the crease without getting a cross check. You know, like it's the hockey's a rough game and you can't just let guys get away with things. And I've seen the Canucks let everyone get away with everything for too long. I agree. I agree. All right. So let's uh, kind of recap the offseason as far as the signings go. Do you think that the Vancouver Canucks improved enough? to make the playoffs this year? Or do you think they improved enough to take a, a legitimate step forward? Man, well, that's the thing. Is I, I think it's a legitimate step forward. Like, we got to have a good season from Pedersen. I think it's Bruce's first full season as coach. Um, he's, I, I think a lot hinges on Bruce, to be honest with you, because uh, this is a young team, young captain, young presence. Bruce has the opportunity to imprint this team sort of the way that Vino did when he came in. You know what I mean? Like we had a yeah. string of like weird things that happened before Vino. He came in, stabilized the system, got everyone together and eventually put together a, a cup caliber team. So that's what we're hoping for. I don't know if this season is that is it right? Like we'll have to see how that goes. I like a lot of the things they've done. But we need we need good seasons from Besser. We need good seasons from Pedersen. Like these guys need to perform, or they're not getting anywhere. And Demko especially needs to have a good season. And you know, Thatcher Demko is one of the reasons why I personally feel like there's some urgency. You have oh, one yeah, of the yeah. best goalies in the NHL on a hell of a contract. They're paying the guy five mil. I mean. Look at some teams like the Florida Panthers playing Bobrovsky 10 million and he's, they're not getting half the production that uh, Thatcher Demko has given the Vancouver Canucks. So totally, you know, the Canucks have a, in my opinion, a Stanley cup caliber goaltender right now. Oh yeah. Like he you said, that. exactly. Like you said, Elias Pedersen has a more consistent season this year where he looks more like he did the second half of last year. So mm -hmm. let's say Pedersen can put up a solid 80 points. JT mm -hmm. Miller comes out, has, has another good season. I can't see why Bo Horvat won't have a good season trying to play for another contract. Man, we Quinn, get 20, 20 goals out of best, uh, out of Horvat. That's what I want to see is 20 goals, yeah. 30, 40 assists. Like, that's what I want to see. And, and I think that's the that's kind of the low end. I think a lot of people are saying, you know, 25 to 30 goals is a possibility for Horvat. Look at his stats last year, and you can make that argument. He's got to hit 20 goals. Uh, less less than 20 goals is not acceptable. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Canucks hockey this season. We have such a great squad. I'm also looking forward to watching yeah. Pod, Pod, Colson. Pod Colson. We didn't even bring up yeah, Pod, Colson. Pod Colson. I mean, he looked good last year. That just shows we have, we have a lot of Canucks to talk about. We have a lot yeah. to catch up yeah. on. And we're yeah. not going to get to it all this episode. No. But Pod Colson, I feel like... You know, I'm going to add I, that to like my him. argument. I'm yeah. adding that to Eden. Thank you. I'm adding this to my <laughs> argument for the Canucks making the playoffs this year. Pod Colson, he could have a breakout season. Quinn yeah. Hughes, damn, that's another guy who's going to have another solid year. Yeah. I just think it's all come together. There's a bit more consistency with Bruce here uh, behind the bench. Thing. Added some grit, yeah. added some depth with Mikheyev and, you know, Kuzmenko. I think the Vancouver Canucks can make the playoffs this year. Think I, I about how bad the first half was last year, and they were still kind of making a push at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. If we don't have a terrible start, 
I, I don't know, man. man. I, I really do think there's a chance here. They lost like two, three crucial games at the end of the season by like one goal off a bad call or some yeah. such. Like they were within a couple games of making the playoffs last season, even with that absolutely horrendously terrible start. Like, my God, I haven't seen a worse <laughs> start for that team in years. Like and, it, it was amazingly bad. Like yeah. Henderson was the worst player on the ice bad. Yeah, he was. He was in some nights. Just man, so I, I could, I could, you know, oh, go on about that. But yeah, like we just need a consistent start. I want Bruce to stabilize things in the locker room. I want to see the young guys uh, become leaders and step up and have good seasons. Man, if all those guys we talked about have good, like even mediocre seasons, yeah, this looks like a playoff team to me. I agree. I agree. I, I, if I'm betting money, you know, DraftKings promo code THPN, I'm putting money down on the Vancouver Canucks making the playoffs because I just really feel like all the pieces are there. And last year it just didn't come together. You got to look at the competition too. If you look at the other teams in our division, I feel like we have a real shot. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some wild cards out there. I mean, you know, look at the, look at the Calgary flames just across the border here. I mean, how good are they going to be? They could, they could be even better than they were last season. Or they could take a big step back because when you change the top players of your team, the leadership, I mean, there's no guarantees. Now, I like what the Calgary Flames did because of the circumstances that they were under. But again, still a lot of question marks there. Man, I, I look if you look at these teams, Los Angeles, Vegas, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle, I feel like the Canucks are better than those teams. Okay, the Canucks are better than Seattle. Seattle is going to be a great team in a few years. They have some really good prospects, but right now they're not there. Right. Anaheim. I don't think they're quite there yet. Do you? I think Anaheim and San Jose have been stagnant for years and I don't see them turning. Like they have a few nice young, good players that I've heard about like Milano on, on Anaheim and yep. uh, Zegris, obviously. Um, sure. But, but I haven't heard much out of San Jose. They, they seem stagnant to me. So I feel like the Canucks are just better than them. This year. I, I did like, a San Jose Sharks podcast for two years. Poop team right now. Yeah, Crap. there you go. There yeah. you go. So <laughs> that's the thing. I, I don't feel like Los Angeles is that amazing of a team. I haven't heard many great things. Sure, they made the playoffs last year. But I feel like the Canucks, Vegas, and Los Angeles, who's to say, right? I feel like the Canucks could beat them. I'm not going to say the Canucks are a lot better than them because I don't know. But based on what I saw last year, I think the Canucks have a solid shot. Is Vegas getting better? I, I, it seems I to don't me think so. They seem to no. be going sideways to me. Exactly. And they have a lot riding on Jack Eichel. You know, if Jack yeah. Eichel can't... It's not put, a bet I'd make. It's not a bet I'd make. It's not a bet I would make either. Um, you know, Vegas likes making the splash. Big player gets put on the market. They're the, it's like they're the new Rangers in free agency. Oh, if exactly, there's a big name yeah. out there, they will get them at any cost. Like Glenn Sather's running things behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that big fat cigar in his mouth. He's running things. Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah, so anyways, I'm projecting the Canucks make the playoffs. Yeah, I Um, I could see them coming in a solid second ahead of Edmonton if they have a good season, or between the top three spots, I'm going to say is a toss-up between the Canucks, Edmonton, and Calgary. Yeah, I I think I'd put Edmonton slightly above, I think. Sure, Uh, but I I just don't like betting on them. No, I know. I don't like betting on Edmonton either, but I'd say it's pretty safe to say that they're, they're a pretty damn strong team. They've added some interesting characters like Evander Kane and Jake Vertanen, but it seems to be working out for them so far. Guess um, we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, 
first preseason game is tomorrow. Seattle Kraken. Again, yep. like we like we mentioned, I think the Canucks are a lot better team than the Kraken. Uh, yep. But again, it is preseason. So I don't, I don't even know what the lineup's going to look like no, tomorrow. It's like completely irrelevant to exactly. think about that. You know? so, so don't read too much in the preseason, yeah. folks. Always yeah. remember, was it Sergei Shirokov? Always remember Shirokov. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So anyways, first preseason game tomorrow. The first actual game is on October the 12th. Uh, we'll be doing like a pregame basically for that one because we'll be streaming at six and I think the game goes live at seven. Anyways, Canucks hockey is right around the corner. I'm pumped. This, this summer oh, has been be too awesome. damn long, too long, too long, too hot, too hot. It's still too hot. Like what the, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? It's September. Yeah. It's finally rained. September. Today. Yes. Finally. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. One last thing, Jack, I want to bring up before we wrap this up in like two minutes and I was talking to, like, we, we talked about this a little bit before we went live, and we were kind of cut off because we had to go live. The Lord of the Rings series, and, and oh. Eden, if you're still watching, I want to know what you think of this if you've been watching. The Lord of the Rings series put on by Amazon. I was so jacked for this series. I was so Me pumped. Too. You know, coming off the Hobbit run, which I didn't think was that good. Coming into this one, you know, it's the most expensive TV series ever made. They spent a billion dollars on season one. And I'm I'm seven episodes in. And I'm like, did they spend 50 mil on these first seven episodes? And the last three is where they're pumping in the other fucking 900 mil. Because I, it's been oh. a snooze fest so far. Man, I've seen some of the, that CGI. It's, it is oh. terrible. Like the wolves or whatever those are supposed to be. They, they look like pigs or something. Like yeah. it's i it is absolutely atrocious and (laughs) and you know what as somebody who's like you know i'm not a huge tolkien fan or anything but i have friends who are huge tolkien fans right and they are not happy with this like it it, the the fact it's what they say is that this is fan fiction this is you took tolkien's names and characters yeah and you wrote your own story and you said have a good day so you didn't you didn't look at the lore you didn't look at the canon you just took the names and the characters and wrote your whole new thing and and said it was Tolkien. So as far as they're concerned, this is, this is pissing on his grave. Yeah. Well, I just, I just had to get it out there. Cause you know, like I said, I was a big fan, obviously of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out. I mean, Oh, everyone. Some of my favorite movies of all time. And I mean, we were at the, we were at the right age for those was, movies to yeah. come out those too. Those were formative, man. I remember I, I, playing Lord of the Rings out in the I, out in the schoolyard. I think we even went to one of the movies in the theaters together because I know oh, we went I'm with sure. a group of us. Yeah, um, two towers probably. Yeah, I always so, remember that. Anyways, let's hope the Vancouver Canucks season is not as disappointing as Amazon's rendition of the Lord of the Rings. We we have just as much hype for it though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's gonna be a fun season. You know, Eden, Mister Roy. Thank you for joining in. Uh, everybody that's joined in, thank you so much. I know we only have a handful of you, but hey, it's episode one. We're, we're still building our fan base. We'll, we'll get there eventually. But uh, catch us every single week, Wednesday at 6 o'clock Pacific time, 9 o'clock Eastern for Eden in the chat. Um, but yeah, Jack, good first episode. Pumped to talk some more Canucks. Hopefully they give us some good stuff to talk about this season. I'm tired of talking about potential draft picks that the Vancouver Canucks can pick up because we can't talk about the playoffs. Let's hope the narrative has changed this season. Yeah, let's let's talk about hockey. Focus on the ice. Uh, focus on the contracts and and the focus the on the contracts. Yeah, like the the contracts are what matter here. La- uh, last like, year uh, was the JT Miller contract yeah. saga. Now it's going to be the Bo Horvat saga. Well, we're gonna we're gonna play be a GM and we're gonna sim this and just <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. 
There you go. All right, I, I think that's it. Jack, do you have anything more for uh, for the fans tonight? Uh, practice makes perfect, and uh, I think that the, the season is going to be a good one, and I'm stoked to see how it turns out. There you go. Folks, on that note, we will see you next Wednesday.